So, hello everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Foxes and the Hound podcast. Here on Foxes and the Hound, we are striving for holiness in a world today which is very, very strange. Uh, and we're here to talk about it. Expect some honest commentary on the world today and how our faith as Catholic Christians informs, or should inform, our worldview and actions. My name is Brother Dominic Jean O.P., and I am one of your hosts today. I am a friar with the Dominican Order, a.k.a. the Order of Preachers. Given that Dominicans are often referred to as the hounds of the Lord, I am obviously the hound of the podcast. So it's a pleasure to be with you all. But I still have two co-hosts to introduce, the foxes of this podcast. First up is Anna May. She is a Catholic professional in accounting and is proof that red hair is God's warning label. She makes rosaries, probably knows more about St. Therese than you, and if, and if you slander priests on Twitter, she, she will find you, and she will fight you. How are you tonight, Anime? I'm doing well. How are you? Better than I deserve. <laughs> now, we still have one more. This isn't the end, and this next one, her name's also Anna, but we promised Anna a new nickname each and every time we record this podcast. And so tonight I give you Anna Gothmog. She's named after the Lord of the Balrog demons in Lord of the Rings. If you're not a nerd enough to understand that reference, go read Lord of the Rings. Anna Gothmog is as fiery as that name suggests, is a redhead like Anna May, and is a wickedly good vestment maker. If there are any priests listening, if you need vestments made, I've got someone for you. Oh no. How are you tonight, Anna? Um, I'm, I would say don't come to me for vestments right now because I'm a little busy. A little stressed out with some a work. A little, a little overwhelmed, but other than that, I'm good. You hear that, priest? You have to get in line. Yes, get in line and be okay with waiting a little But in while. the meantime, definitely be praying for her. Yes, please. So we are so blessed to have you all with us today um, for our first episode. And now that introductions are out of the way, it's time to move on to what our first topic will be. And my Anna friends, what <clears throat> is that topic? We are going to be talking about how quarantine has made us weird, collectively weird. Weird. And what, what do you mean by weird? Socially inept. <laughs> More so than usual. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, if you thought awkward people were bad before quarantine. <laughs> the awkwardness, just, there's just escalated. exponential... Yeah. It's infinite. Yeah. We, th <laughs> the we thought people on Twitter and social media were bad at this whole communications thing before, and it's only gotten worse. <laughs> but, and I think we can all attest to the fact, yeah, it's made us weird. It's made us rude. Maybe a little more antisocial. Suddenly you're and going. also more willing to fight. More willing to yeah. fight. Yeah, was... because there's no consequences for what you say and do anymore, because you can just run and hide for months. I'm never going like, to see you for the next six months. I, I can say what I want, right? Yep. I've never met either of you in person. I could just, like, blow up now and peace out. <laughs> no Please one would don't. Know. 
I mean, I would know. <laughs> Great content. Um, no, and I was I was reading just the other day I that a lot of particularly like romantic relationships are really difficult. I saw a recent survey came out where um, divorce proceedings are up like more than thirty percent. Um, it, during the during the pandemic and during quarantine so there's been a lot of tension a lot of a lot of anger even with the people we are hanging out with not just the people we don't see on a regular basis we are definitely weirder and we're definitely ruder i think than we used to be and even though i live with 20 other guys i after about 30 minutes sometimes i'm done when used to i was i could talk for hours on end like i'm just kind of it's been different Um, it's funny, we were saying about like relationships not, you know, surviving the pandemic. And as a florist about to embark on Valentine's Day, we've actually noticed that a, a lot. Like the amount of orders, by the amount of orders that we've received, they are, it is nowhere near as bad as it was last year. Like it's still going to be awful, you know, a lot of things to do. But, you know, instead of having like 800 Valentine's orders, it's more like 500. Really? So, yeah. You know, and wow. it may, it makes, it that? makes perfect sense. Like people aren't going out and meeting other people. So there aren't new relationships being formed. And yeah. then, you know, you get people who are with each other constantly and not able to go anywhere. And then all of a sudden, everything's there blow up and you're not going to want to send flowers to somebody you can't stand. Anna Mae, were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to ask if maybe the decrease was for one of the reasons that Anna just mentioned. Maybe people just, or like maybe less, um, less of a like bad reason, but more just like maybe people are just hanging out together. They don't feel the need to make this big show of affection because yeah. they've been at <laughs> home together. Like, yeah. I'm hoping there's a little bit of that. Like, yeah, we've been hope. hanging out. Like, my presence is a gift enough, right? Uh, right. <laughs> You've had me uninterrupted for nine months. Why would I need to get you flowers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and I think the weird thing is, I mean, with all of this, how we have with these whole like categories of not just romantic, I also want to talk about like just friendships. Like, we have total huge swaths of our friends like different layers of friends like more really not quite acquaintances but not quite friends and like mm -hmm. those a lot of those people have really kind of fallen off the map for i think a lot of us like our close friends were like dedicated to talking to not much changes that our business acquaintances well and an email's fine right um but then you got this weird middle group i mean have you guys noticed that at all yeah i've noticed that I can't small talk at all anymore. Like you get me in front of someone because usually you're like, hey, how are you? What have you been doing? What's new? And for everybody, it's the same. It's exactly the same for everybody. Oh, not much. You know, you might talk about like a show you watched on Netflix, but there's like nothing new and exciting. There's no plans to talk about. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in the near future that you can be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to go do this thing in the summertime or this is going to happen. Like there's no little things to like 
go beyond like grocery store level. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? There's nothing to like, there's no, that no, no middle substance. ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's either like really super light and it lasts five seconds or it's like super deep, which you're not going to spill your guts to, you know, just anybody's, but there's that little middle ground where there's like nothing to talk about anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I wouldn't say like for me, just cause like, I mean, I was working at a bar- as a barista and then now as, as a florist. So like, I still have a lot of interaction with people. Um, but even that is weird because like you can't w- just with how like the times are right now, there are so many like caustic topics out there. Like you don't know. I mean, it's basically like, Oh, Hey, like your mask is nice. And that's about it. There's not like a whole lot to talk about. I mean, the weather, but you know, there's just, you don't really yeah. know what to talk, what to talk about anymore with people. Yeah. You combine the increasing polarization that we've seen in this country, not just mm-hmm. in the Catholic church, but just in general. Right. And you combine that with anti, like our increasing anti-socialness via everything that's happened. Um, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Like what I, you're, you're stepping into a minefield whenever you exactly. start a conversation with someone you kind of know. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but do people not make eye contact with you as much as they used to? It's almost like the mask. I've noticed that like people look down more. They, they don't look directly at you. It, it's almost like the the mask covering and like not not making a comment on wearing masks one way or the other like at all but just like just psychologically how we it's almost like something to hide behind a little bit right and I feel like that translating even to in person relationships mm-hmm. um, how people are acting because there's this whole half of your face that's covered that can well, that you haven't a even lot of seen yeah like. That's the thing that got me was when I was um, working, I like pulled down my mask to take a sip of water and my coworker looked at me and was just like, oh my gosh, you have dimples and they're adorable. (laughs) But she hadn't like, she had never, she didn't know because like my mask was hiding them. She totally like had no idea what I looked like from the bottom part down. Well, and that's like, that's the really interesting thing. Like we don't recognize people, like we mm-hmm. don't recognize people. I mean, if you take your mask off, I'm like, wait, that's what your face looks like? Exactly. I have like, no, if I have I no concept. See, yep. If I were to see like some of my coworkers outside of work, I probably would not like, I mean, I would recognize them eventually, but like at first I wouldn't, it happened to me the other day at Target, one of my employee or my employees, as if I owned the company, <laughs> <laughs> my, one of my coworkers was at Target and I didn't recognize her because I had never seen her. Well, she wasn't at Target. She was walking into Target as I was walking out, but she didn't have her mask on yet. And I was just like, wait, I know you. Mm-hmm. So. Or the opposite. Like I've seen people coming out of grocery stores that I know pretty well. And I'm like, I don't know if that's who I think it is because- I can't see half of their face. Like you're judging by like hairstyle and like what you can see of their eyes. Like, I I think that's who I think it is. Mm -hmm. I'm the interesting thing. It's not just for me, like the physical mask, but it's almost a manifestation of something else. Like in the sense of like, well, you were talking about like with like kind of 
like turning the eyes away, like not looking directly mm-hmm. at someone or someone in the face, like, like we have something to hide. And it's like, that's been kind of on my mind too, where it's like, yes, the mask is a total physical, like hiding. Um, again, not a comment on wearing masks or not, but it, it you're hiding a part of your face. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like, we're also, I feel like we're more, we were already set up to hide parts of who we are. Again, like the whole politics question, like your faith question, Like, and so the masks in some sense have just, I have felt like that's the big reason like people are like weirder or ruder. Like it's, it's kind of a continual progression of this trend we've seen where I can't share myself with you. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. But I guess my question is how, how have you adapted to that? I mean, we, we're communal people. We know that, especially as Catholics, like we're made for community. Like we're made to be with one another and, and to share ourselves in different ways with different levels of people, friendships and relationships. But like, how have we adapted or have we adapted? I mean, in your own life, maybe. I feel like I've definitely gotten more annoying on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> overcompensating for the lack of interaction the things that I would normally say like to my friends or you know like to those people that you would like run into every day but you don't say I'm just like oh what the heck I'm just gonna put it on Twitter and it's probably a mistake and I will probably (laughs) regret it (laughs) maybe Um, maybe some prudence would be good there (laughs) I have definitely deleted a lot of tweets (laughs) Um, more so since quarantine and yeah exactly well and it's and I've caught myself too because I noticed that the things that I'm tempted to say are a lot more um emotionally charged than things that I would normally say like I'm more inclined to like actually speak my mind in the moment than to you know let prudence dictate and think about it for a second yeah there's almost Um, like a subtle dehumanization like of other people, I think, in exactly. this whole thing. Because not only are people hiding, it's like, I can't, it, there is a dehumanization aspect to like, sure. I can't see part of your face. I don't know you as a person. I, I don't care if I what I say on the internet is gonna hurt you, right? hurt your feelings, because I don't have to deal with it. It's all just like, exactly. and I'm guilty of this too. I'm not like putting this on you, but like, you, <laughs> I think this is just like general, general like what, a lot of people are going through right now is just just a total lack of regard or at least like to an extent of the emotions that people will go through and the effects of our words because we just we're so far removed from it at that from everything it's like we don't have to deal with the consequences of it so we can say whatever and then on you add on top of that like with how as brother dominic was saying how polarizing everything is right now you almost like you constantly feel attacked, but or like almost afraid of what other people are going to say about you or say to you that you don't even really care anymore. And you're just you feel like, well, okay, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be cut there to me, so I can be cut there to them. And then you have to like step back and think, like, oh wait, you know, that's not very nice. Like I would, well, you know, I'm saying this mentally, but I probably shouldn't say it. Well, and then the other side of it too is if um, your only access to interaction with other people is like via the internet or via Zoom, 
every little fight, every word that people say on Twitter because they're in the mood where they just don't care, that's actually could affect a person more, right? Because exactly. mm -hmm. this is my only outlet to talk with other people. And this person that I don't, that I've never met is saying these horrible things about me. That is probably going to have a deeper effect than if I was just chilling with my friends and I read it online. I'm like, yeah, who cares? Like, it's just the yeah. internet. Yep. But if your internet friends are your friends, like right. that just adds Then everything is level. kind of like magnified almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, when- when that's like your your avenue of communication, like when it's mm -hmm. that or when it's Zoom, like whatever it might be, like anything that happens on through these mediated things, I mean, it it's so exaggerated because it's the only outlet you have. Yep. I know um, this past summer, I forget what one of my hot takes that blew up and I got a lot of hate for it. Just one. I can't remember. <laughs> it was just one but it was really bad it was like I told men to like stop treating girls one. like crap and then all of a sudden I had like 700 men you know telling calling me all these horrible things and you know making making memes out of my face and all these other things it was horrible it was bad it was, it was it bad. bad. Anna remembers. I feel like I missed I, this. I, I went and I read the quote tweets and I was like, well, block, block, block. Block, block, block. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And it was like they had like taken my face and compared it with this other like really unfortunate looking person. And we're just, look, they look just alike. And my brother and my sister got genuinely like, were like they were texting me and calling me and they were like, Anna, you've got to get off Twitter because like, if this was me, like, if they were attacking me, like, they're attacking you, like, I would want to, like, you know, jump off a cliff for lack of a better, you know, mm -hmm. they were just like, it's, you know, I don't know how you are, you know, still okay right now with the amount of people who have said, you know, that you suck and that they hate you and that you're a horrible person. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously I have a bit of a thicker skin. Um, maybe than my siblings yeah you don't grow up getting called anna Gothmog and not <laughs> have a thick skin come on it's a great name we love it <laughs> folks you're gonna love the other nicknames we have picked out i promise you they're excellent um and so, also if gentlemen this is an aside to all like don't don't meme people like that that's the, the celibate in the room oh, is talking don't do that that's not good that's not that's not christ-like that's not sacrificing your life for the church. Okay, aside done. Back to the Annas. <laughs> and it definitely won't get you a girl. Like, if you think a girl is pretty, <laughs> don't tell her she's ugly because reverse psychology will not work in this situation. <laughs> oh, my. So you, you obviously... Like to, you obviously had a thicker skin there. What helped you kind of deal with that? I think that's something that could be maybe helpful to think about for those listening... Because again, I mean, we, all three of us are, are like very much into like Catholic Twitter and right. have a lot of what I would call friends on Catholic Twitter. Like what would be helpful for them? I mean, that place well, is a minefield. It, it definitely is a minefield. And for me, like I kind of got onto Catholic Twitter unintentionally. Um, my best friend had a very popular Catholic Twitter account. I think she had like 6,000 followers or something. And I had no idea what Catholic Twitter was. So I would just get on Twitter to like, harass her and just like joke with her it was not I was not intending on like Catholic Twitter being a thing it was more to like make dumb comments on my friend's posts 
Um, however, she the deleted her Twitter. kind of cyberbullying. It was it was like fun cyberbullying. Like I was honestly like she would be you know sitting next to me and she'd tweet something and then I'd make a stupid comment underneath it, and then before I knew it, like all of her followers were following me, and then like overnight I just kind of had this, you know. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of Twitter clout based on, you know, other people's accounts, but it's a lot for me. <laughs> sure. So, but for me, like I went into it, not really trying to get followers or anything. It was more of like, I am just here because, you know, I have occasionally I have funny, funny things to say. Um, so I've never really been into it for the followers or for, mm. you know, to talk to, not necessarily to talk to people other than the people that I already knew. That yeah. being said, however, I have met so many great people through Catholic Twitter that I love. And I would be very sad if they hated me or if they stopped following me. But I just, I don't know. It's weird for me because it's just, they don't even, the majority of the people who follow me, except for the ones who I interact with daily, they don't even really seem real. Yeah. It's just like they're there. And... Mm -hmm. It's, so it's never really bothered me like when they yeah. and I could be different compared to somebody else but like when somebody says something mean I'm just like well you know that's your opinion you don't mm -hmm. know me you know so you have no yeah. context with this so like I don't argue a lot on Twitter with people it's just not worth it to me and I think because of that I <laughs> sorry Anna <laughs> I know you like to argue with people <laughs> the fire I don't, that's are in the room but she's she starts things and then she's <laughs> like, I don't care. And I'm like, they're saying horrible things about you. Like, step exactly. aside. See, that's like, the thing. This is where, and it's my sister's biggest pet peeve with my Twitter too. She'll be like, Anna, you just drop a bomb and then run. Like, you don't like well, back it up with anything. And I'm just like, I'm just here to tweet my mind. And if they have a problem with it, that's their problem. Like, Anna and I were also talking about this. <laughs> like, Sorry. if they want to think things about me, let them think about it, think it about me. Like, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like they're, I interact with them every day. Like, if obviously, if like Anna had a problem with me, I would be upset. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know if that answered your question or not. I just kind of <laughs> like, I keep the Twitter followers in a box. Yeah. And well, I it seems, try not to think about it. <laughs> it seems to me like what we're really talking about is here, like when it gets to be like when it really affects us, it's because we value it out of proportion to what it is, to what it right. to its good. Like because like Twitter's good. Like, I mean, it's it can be a very good thing, um, as can media in general. But also when we value it out of proportion to everything else, it's just like everything else. Like what it like, like what it what is sin loving something you shouldn't out of out of a wrong proportion to it so like it's the same thing with like social media and stuff when we mess up there it's because we're loving something out of proportion to what we should be and so i think what what you're saying to me though is like you came in valuing it rightly and so mm -hmm. like even though you've got these followers you've got the and you've got these people it's like you know that it's not the end all be all you know that this is it's good because i get to share my mind and tell people how i feel and you do <laughs> but that's what it is. It's not, you don't place all your value there. It's not your, it's not your right. ultimate good. Exactly. And I will admit that when they were making nasty memes about me, it did get to me. Like I, mm -hmm. I was able to, I was able to like work through it just fine. 
eventually, but like, I don't want it to seem like I didn't care about what they were saying because I did, because I'm a girl. And you know, when, a, when somebody tells a girl they're ugly, like they take that personally. And I did take it a little personally, but at the same time, it was just like, just reminding yourself, like, if they're going to say something that that that's that uncharitable and unkind to you, you know, would you really want to, would you be willing to value their opinion if they would treat somebody so terribly? Like, why would you care what they would think then? Because that's not really the kind of person I would want to, you know, hang out with. I would pray for them, obviously, but it's not somebody, it's not like you, brother Dominic, where I value your opinion. So if I were to say something <laughs> and then you were to tell me that I was a horrible person, like that would affect me far, far worse than, right. you know, somebody else <laughs> doing it. Yeah. And I think this kind of feeds back into like why we're meaner, like crueler to people on social media again, because we don't, most of the people we interact with, like we, we know, but we don't really know. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I can be cruel to you. That's fine. I don't value your opinion. Not really. Like I'm here to get what I want out of this. And so that's where I think we get a lot of this cruelty. Um, a lot yeah. of this, a lot of this meanness, which really comes out of social media, especially these days. Yeah. Um, I think it's helpful to just remind yourself. If, I mean, this is just in general, not just with Twitter, but we have no idea like the amount of things that people are going through and the amount of stress that somebody is going through. Like, you know, somebody could be harassing you online and being totally just awful to you, but you know, then that same person could be struggling with like terrible depression or anxiety. And, you know, they might be taking it out on you, but it's because they themselves are going through something that's really hard for them. And so just kind of reminding yourself that if somebody is that, I don't know how you would word that, but like, at a point where they would be so mean to you, it's probably because they are really struggling with something. Yeah. They've got got some wound that they're, Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We act out of our wounds. Exactly. Broken people, like broken people tend to cut people. It's like the broken pieces. Mm -hmm. Like if they're not, you know, if you're hurt and you tend to hurt, wounded people tend to wound is what I have found. And I've been guilty of this myself. Um, But everybody has, everybody has something that they're going through. Um, so that's always been helpful for me is just yeah. reminding myself of that whenever somebody is just being an absolute jerk to me for no reason. Mm-hmm. There, there's something so there. Communication also says that like what the way you are encoding something is not the way someone else is decoding it. Right. So yes, yeah. there are like terrible things that people say on social media, like retweeting what you had said with like, vile comments right that's just like anyone knows that that's bad like that's no bueno don't do that it's bad right but then there are these direct interchanges that you have with people where you think you're saying one thing and they are reading it completely different based off of the emotions that they're feeling at that time what their interpretation of your words are, what um, maybe you're using, your word choice is means one thing to you, but the connotation based on their life experience is completely different. So they're decoding what you're saying in a completely different way. And I had this situation recently where someone, uh, we, we were basically arguing the same thing, or at least we weren't like that far apart, right? We, we were disagreeing on like some things, but we weren't in like 
in reality too far apart. But the way I was wording things and the way he was wording things, we got super angry at each other because I thought he was saying something completely different and being disrespectful. And he thought the same thing about me, right? So there's also that. There's just like people who are being cruel because they can and they don't have to put their face online. They don't have to put their names on online. There's this anonymity to it um, that that you don't have in person. And I think the ma- that's kind of where the mask translates to that, right? Because we, yeah. we have that now. We have a little bit of that. I'm, a, I'm in a non-account, right? Like you can't <laughs> see my face. I can, I can be a little bit more edgy, right? right. But so, yeah, when you're interacting, um, there, there is just that potential to just be misunderstood too. Like mm-hmm. not everybody online is a horrible person, right? Not yeah. everybody's out to get you. Not everybody is subtweeting you, um, which is one of the problems I have. And Anna can attest to this because, uh, <laughs> well, she, we were texting about this and she said, I feel like you care more about your, who your Twitter followers are as people than I do. And that's true (laughs) because like, I'll text you screenshots and I'll be like, I can't believe this person said that. That's so bad. They know better. Like (laughs) I want to be the mom and just like, you know better than to say this. You know better. Uh, Read your catechism. Like, you know, that's not okay. (laughs) What are you doing? You heard it here. Read your catechism. Like, yeah, this is is your homework. Go. (laughs) This is where it kind of pays to be phlegmatic a little bit because I'm like sanguine phlegmatic. I'm so like, half phlegmatic. See, oh. it's okay. okay. I know you're you phlegmatic. I know, I know you're phlegmatic, but the melancholic, and I know you have choleric in you because you've got a choleric. I in don't, you. and I will fight you for saying that. I do. I do. Which sounds choleric, <laughs> but I don't. And this is actually, um, it actually really annoys me when people say, oh, you're choleric. It's like, no, I just have well, morals and melan- standards. It's got to be the melancholic in you then. because like you, It is. It's a melancholic it's, because it's like, it's this is the right thing. way you See, but where it's I'm like, like happy, happy, bubbly, sanguine, who's also phlegmatic. So like, I will say things and then be like, oh, okay. You think I suck? That's fine. <laughs> You're allowed to think that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think one thing you were saying... Anime reminded me. I think we are so, it's so hard for us to assume the good in another. Like, and I think that's where a big part of this comes from, where we were just like, nope, nope, they meant the worst possible thing I can think of. And my, the worst interpretation is the first interpretation that yep. we put into someone's mouth. And it's like, oh no, oh no. And suddenly we we're starting down a dark path where instead of assuming good and saying that people are good by nature, we start with this terrible, no, you're bad. You're terrible. I don't like you. It's hard to trust. Where is that coming from too? Yeah. But is that coming from a place in us where we're like, I, I, the first place I go to is that everyone thinks I'm terrible. Like that, that says a Mm. lot about us as individuals, right? Because we've got that doubt in us. We know we aren't full, right? We know we're not fulfilled. So if someone says, well, this is the reason that you're not fulfilled is because you are not perfect in this way. It's like, well, if I'm not never going to be perfect in this way and the way you think I need to be perfect, then I'm never going to be happy, right? 
Like, right. so it, it, our own self doubt then plays into that. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. Our, I mean, we are again, what, I mean, like to go back to like the very beginning, like what is like Adam and Eve's disobedience comes from a lack of trust in God. Like it comes from a lack yeah. of like believing that they are in this wonderful relationship that they're worthy in a sense of this relationship without having power of their own. And so like, we find ourselves, shocker, caught in this ourselves. Like where I, I don't trust you. I've got doubt in my own mind about my worth and you say this and then I internalize that. My woundedness grows. The brokenness makes, broken, broken people make broken people. Like, and they yeah. make broken decisions. And so well, like, we see this so readily. If your worth isn't based in God and isn't based in Jesus and what he does for you and what he gives you and that everything you are comes from him, right? If you're not basing your identity in him, what you're basing it in yourself. So all those little words of doubt that the devil puts in there, right? That you are this and you are that and you are just a horrible person because you did this thing or you did that thing or you said, those are all tools that the devil uses Mm -hmm. to make us question ourselves and make us place our identity in ourselves. Because if we place our identity in the Lord, right? those little things like, Hey, you said this, this phrase, and that hurts me. It's instead of just saying, Oh my goodness, you're so right. I am, you know, Mm -hmm. there, but for the Lord go, I, it's not what I meant. Like, instead of owning up that we are flawed beings, but we, we start to question everything about ourselves. Right. Like, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that is, the prime tool of the enemy. I mean, of making us doubt that we are love, that we are good, that we, and that we can, and that other people are good. I mean, the moment, because once we start doubting ourselves and suddenly we doubt others because we assume everyone else is just like us. Like, I think we see Everyone else is as broken as I am, right? Yeah. Like, but see, I think this is a really, this is a really cool thing though. Like, let's look at the saints though. Like those men and women who live out holiness, like, yes, they know they're a sinner, but they also know how good God has made them and has made all of us. And so like, you look at the lives of the saints for the kind of antidote to this, where it's like, they assume you're just like them. They assume that you want what they want. You love what they love. And you just need a little help to get there. Just like all of us. And so it's this weird well, kind of the good image to this to this bad one. Well, and that's where like I'm gonna bring in Saint Therese into this. But hey. um, the thing about Saint Therese is she rarely spoke of herself as a sinner. Like sinners were always outside caramel, right? Like sinners were who they were praying for, fasting for. Like um, so, it's a little bit different in that respect. But she would always sure. talk about her faults that God did not find displeasing, right? She would categorize these things. And these are kind of things we get 
I, at least me personally, I tend to get more hung up on, right? Word choice, like not doing, completing this thing perfectly, not saying this in the right way, hurting someone because of, you know, all of these little, little things that aren't necessarily sinful in and of themselves can be um, based off a natural habits or not natural habits, but natural talents, right? Like I just don't have the talent to do this task a hundred percent well. Right. Um, but that's not a sin if I, if I finish it to the best of my abilities. Right. Right. So Therese would always talk about these things. Like these are my faults and the Lord doesn't actually find these displeasing. As long as I'm doing the best that I can, I can actually offer to him my defect as it were, because he already gives me everything that I am. I am just like, giving I'm giving everything back to him like and it's this weird paradox that like the only things we have to offer our lord are things he's already given to us like we just have to admit to ourselves that that's what we're doing and like that it all goes back to him so I just think that's especially like in when people you know really begin to doubt their own worth in this time when every, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, these little things that people are saying to us about us, or we're left alone so much more where we can overthink about ourselves. You know, there are things that about us that we can actually offer back to our Lord and say, you know, Mm -hmm. these are not perfect. Come, come fulfill this. Like I give this back to you. Like Therese said, come, come on that elevator down to me and, and take me with you. It's not a, I'm not climbing the stairs. You're coming to me, Lord, you know? Yeah. It's that, that absolute humility, like understanding that I need the Lord. I need the Lord to purify these defects. I need the Lord to enter in and to offer him what is already his, but to give our free will, to give our assent to it. Like in that kind of trust that is so important. Gosh, St. Therese, good job. <laughs> so, she always comes in clutch. Does it, don't they just? Don't they just? Um, when I was in France, little... she would stalk me, and it was just like every time I was having a hard time, like there Saint Therese was. It was literally like her picture. Like you're just, you're always there. I mean, it was France. So. <laughs> oh, don't worry, we'll have an episode on France, everyone. Um, but so that kind of. Bur- brings us though like we, we're starting to transition into talking about the spiritual life and whatnot and so I want to I want to really say this ex- ask this question explicitly like how how can we grow during this time how can we grow in our own self-worth and our own charity towards one another during this time what are some practical takeaways that people can can make use of in this time thoughts uh oh, one of my coworkers would say it'd be like being nibbled to death by ducks right but like there's the idea like martyrdom of a thousand pinpricks right like sure. there are all these little things um like that you can quacks. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but there's all these like little things that you can do because it's not these most people don't have these big 180 turnarounds where like life just completely changes. And it's great for the people who have 
those like major conversions and you see God's grace working, you know, for the average everyday person who's already kind of trying to follow the Lord's way, it's not, um, you're not going to have that big conversion because you're already trying to do the right thing. So it's just kind of the, the everyday martyrdom, right? The everyday, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to send this text. I'm not going to, you know, for on the practical side of it, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is assuming that you're doing your prayers, right? Like, because again, you can't, good assumption. Yeah. But like, you can't lean on yourself. Yeah. You can't, white knuckle your way through the spiritual life right like it's not just going to be like i have such self-control i didn't send that tweet and that tweet and that tweet like <laughs> i am not going great to respond to this person yeah yeah it's no like- i think you're right on and i think with that i mean to to not just say like i'm not going to send this tweet or whatnot but like to really like to take that extra step back and to say like i am I am going to take, now, depends on where you are in the spiritual life, but I'm going to take 20 minutes. I'm going to take 30 minutes. I'm going to take an hour and I'm going to pray. I'm going to study scripture. I'm going to do something else. Or I'm going to think of all the people I've fought with on Catholic Twitter uh, in the past week. I know it's a lot for some of us, but I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going to pray for them. Like I'm going to say, and it's not going to be one of those prayers where it's like, Lord, fix them. It's going to be, Lord, help me... Help me grow in charity. Help me grow in love for this person because you love them. Help me love them because you love them. Always bringing it back to Christ, who is the center of our lives. Always bringing it back into his love. Because guess what? I can't love like Christ. Christ has to love through me. And not just making a sacrifice, like, let me love them the way you love them, but let me see them in you, you right? Christ is in everybody. It's funny that you mentioned that though, about like trying to like see others as Christ sees them because I had that today. I had a very difficult customer on the phone who was complaining about flowers not being delivered and whatnot. He was, he was very, he almost made me cry. It was bad. But then as I was like walking away, like back to my work and everything, I, I thought I had that same thought. It was just like, you know what? he is and he hurt me and he ruined my day or tried to ruin my day but god loves him just as much as he loves me and like that it was funny because it was kind of it's one of those things that you hear it a lot you know god that god loves everybody but when you think about it that in that way like that he loves that disagreeable person just as much as he loves me it really it really does put it into perspective a little bit but Mm-hmm. or a lot rather <laughs> yeah. I was just like wow I should have been I mean obviously I wasn't rude to him on the phone but I'm sure he could tell that I was upset and I was like I now I kind of feel bad I'm like and I should have been out like out just you know smothered him in kindness because mm-hmm. you know God loves him so I should too yeah and to give the you other... go ahead Anna sorry Anna. well the other thing is like charity also doesn't equate to being a doormat it's something else like (laughs) like (laughs) you yes like be kind be nice but sometimes there are those people in your life you've got a good relationship with them otherwise Mm. or you know you've got some kind of personal relationship with them this is the key like i want to say like just go around correcting everybody which is (laughs) another thing that tends to happen on catholic fraternal correction used rightly done correctly yeah Yeah. but like sometimes the most charitable thing 
fraternal correction has <laughs> like that justice of like setting things aright and giving people their due has to be has to be seasoned with charity like and not and like you're so saying not charity. just niceness <laughs> but like that charity which is truly love like right. and that charity which is truly good for your soul but it's it's you it's mercy i mean you're offering mercy um and I think a really practical thing for anyone listening when you're thinking about this, of the trying to love, trying to see as Christ, trying to see Christ in them, is put, before, put yourself at the crucifixion scene. Like, this is what I do. And for just a moment, not in a hubris kind of way, but imagine you're on the cross. And... Because this is, what's, this is what some theologians have said, that Christ saw every face of every person he saved. And he said yes to each one of them. I will save you. I do this for you. Can you put that person's face in front of you and say, I would die for you? First off, you're not Christ. So may, pr the answer is probably no to everyone. Um, but, but it's an excellent exercise. But it's an excellent exercise for us in growing, in stretching out our hearts so that Christ can live there. Because Christ is going to stretch out your heart so much if you let him. And like to do that kind of exercise, to try and see as Christ saw on the cross, that, that is true excellence. That is true charity. What else? What else can you do? Um, I think, first off, I think Anna May earlier said, um, read your catechism. So I just want to, catechism number 1806 is prudence, oh, <laughs> is prudence. Would, don't ask how I memorized it. Um, <laughs> maybe because I need it. Um, but it to really think about about prudence, which is, it's not simply inaction. It's not simply like thinking about what's right and wrong and knowing what's right and wrong. It's right action. So really, it's not just about not doing the bad thing, but doing the good thing and following through on that. So just read that little section and meditate on prudence, on what it means for this right, right reason in right action. It's super important for our lives. And if you don't have this, like prudence is what's called the charioteer of the virtues, like the motivating thing for all the other virtues. If you don't have prudence, you don't have the others, um, not fully. And so we got to work on that. Um, I would also say we were talking a little bit about self-worth. Um, the sisters of life, lovely women, they're amazing, um, have a beautiful litany, um, the litany of trust. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> It's there so we go. Um, you can download it as a PDF and see it on their website. If you just look up Lydney of Trust, Sisters of Life, or just Lydney of Trust, you'll find it. It is a beautiful prayer. Um, it's a beautiful reminder of how much God loves you, of, of your worth as Imago Dei, as the image of God, the image and likeness of the one who loves us. Anna, like Anna May, go ahead. Oh, I was going to add another one is the surrender novena too, because I know like with how uncertain everything is right now and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the next, you know, whoever knows whatever yeah. the year is going to hold, especially after 2020, like <laughs> the surrender novena <laughs> yeah. is 
has brought me through some very, very tumultuous times and it never, ever fails. That one's a great one. Beautiful. And the other thing about like this whole year of quarantine and getting to know like our faults and seeing our faults pointed out to us and other people is that that is actually a beautiful tool that can Mm -hmm. be used, right? Because you cannot change your faults if you're not aware of them. So yes, your faults might have come become visible to you in a very painful way. But that doesn't mean that's not good. And you can't extrapolate that from extrapolate it from the meanness extrapolate it from whatever else you know might have been it might have been soaked in but say you know the devil uses a grain of truth in in every lie right what is a grain of truth and how can god heal that right yeah no i think that fits like we recently on the january 28th celebrated aquinas's feast day and one thing aquinas is really like awesome about is like bringing like whenever he confronts people in the summa all these different theologians pagans and all of that he he brings out what's good like there is good out there like even in the errors even in the even in falsehood and so exactly what you're saying like to find the good to look for the good how can i grow out of this how can i develop myself in virtue in love of jesus christ and become better become more through grace like it's not again we're not pelagians guys <laughs> we can't do it by ourselves at the end of the day we have to open ourselves up to trust in the father i'm i'm reading a book right now by a dominican paul hennebush one of three dominicans like his all of his brothers became dominican friars and then his five sisters all yeah. became dominican nuns so like <gasps> it's insanity um so he's holy um but in it it's called like the word and it like the key feature about Jesus more than anything else is his obedience to the father's will. Again, like you were saying, Anna Gothmog, like (laughs) we, there we go. Had to bring it back. We obedience to the father, obedience to the will of God, that surrender to that, giving up our selfish self love as Catherine of Siena might say, and letting God fill us. Like, again, you don't have to have the last word. It's not the end of the world. Like, talk to a turn off your phone go talk to a friend do something else like find you don't you don't need to do this you don't need you don't need to fight like we yeah. i need to pray for you i need to grow in holiness i don't need to fight you don't need to fight there's enough fighting going on in the world that like protect your peace at all costs yeah. his yeah. that's incredibly important so mm-hmm. you don't need to fight with the people on twitter Anna. <laughs> hey, called out. Stop throwing me under the bus. I fight I'm not. You know I love you. We're, we're trying to help you grow in virtue and see your faults. Well, no. What I was going to say um, with that is, um, and I completely lost it now, um, but the, um, it's gone. It's gone. Floated. Yeah. That ship has sailed. Yeah. So that's, that's a pretty solid list of things. I think, I mean, there's a lot more we can do individually. I mean, but at the end of the day, it needs to, we need to grow in love of Jesus Christ and love of our neighbor. I mean, the, that is the greatest commandment. That is what we I, have. I also wanted to add one more thing though, because I know a lot of people have been struggling with, you know, not having the sacraments and just kind of feeling mm-hmm. like very yeah. spiritually dry And I know I myself have been one of them, but what has helped me a lot is instead of, you know, 
beating yourself up if you don't have it in you to pray the entire rosary or to say all of these prayers. Like God will, I mean, one prayer said well, or even if all you can do is say Jesus's name, like mm-hmm. he will use that and he will build on that. So if you're struggling like with, you know, life and, you know, you just feel really cut off from God and from everybody else, like all, and all, all you can do is to just say Jesus's name and be like, Jesus, I'm here and I love you. Like he will work with that and he will build on that so much. So the anyways. Pray is itself a prayer, right? That, mm-hmm. and we, there is no deeper prayer than that, really. Like I can say all the litany or all the liturgy of the hours. I can say my all <laughs> 20 decades of the rosary, right? But if I'm just doing it to get through it as like yeah. a check mark on my list, it's, it's lost it hasn't, it, it still has worth. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that sometimes you do just have to go, go through the motions and that right. there is love in that as well. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're doing it, even though you get no emotional feeling right. from that. Yeah. Um, you're, you, you, there is love in duty. Right. But Absolutely. also that desire to pray when the words just don't come, but to like sit in silence, like that, that is a prayer too. There is so much prayer around us like that you just have to like, this sounds like really Eastern mysticism, but like you do just have to like, (laughs) let it, let it be. And like, let, let it come to you and let just be open because you can pray in so many different ways and the way you pray change throughout life. And I mean, and, even if you're just doing something dis- unpleasant that you really don't want to do, and you're just like, you know what, I really don't want to take out the trash right now, but I'm going to take out the trash for the greater glory of God. Yeah. <laughs> like, he will use that. <laughs> no, he will. I mean, Lord, Dominicans. Take out the trash. That is me. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, self-awareness, this Anna, is, is Anna's key, life. <laughs> not self-deprecation. <laughs> No, I mean, you reminded me, Dominicans have this beautiful tradition when we sit down for study, like, and, and study is prayer for us, or it's supposed to be, um, which is sometimes <laughs> penitential. But like, we when we sit down, like one thing often we'll do is we'll knock on wood, like, and it's wood of the desk, wood of the cross. Like, I'm offering this to the Lord. I'm offering this time here at this desk as my personal cross for you. Um which is kind of the the not trite way of saying offer it up, um, <laughs> which I have heard many a time. Um, but and I'm reminded too, like you said, like yes, there's still efficacy because again, it's about God. It's about what God does. Like it's still there's still efficacy if like we're just praying our novenas, praying our our liturgy, whatever it might be. But I remember there was a a woman who will remain nameless who came into the parish office once with like a, a stack of like indulgence, like cards. Just, no, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And I'm like, you're she missing the point. She was keeping track. Yeah. She like, you're missing the point. Like that's, that's the more, that's the bigger thing. Like it's when we miss the point of prayer, it's to spend time with like the, the one whom we love. <laughs> oh, I, I, when I heard that, I was just like, I'm, something has gone wrong here. Um, and I think like my final thought, and then I'm gonna, any final thoughts from you and then we'll close up. But prayer is, we are able to pray because of the Holy Spirit. Like we yes. cannot pray without the Holy Spirit. And so like, again, that openness, that docility, that humility, 
to let the spirit enter us and to pray and to enable us to pray. We can't pray without the spirit. We are incapable of it. And it's so important to say, Holy Spirit, come, come into my heart, come creator spirit, like enter into me and help me to pray. So like, really, I would encourage anyone listening to really, in, to really, to grow in love of the, of all the persons of the Trinity. But like one thing we as Catholics in the West fail to do often is to ask the Holy Spirit to enter us and to enter our hearts. And how much the Holy Spirit wants to do that, how much the Holy Spirit wants to help us. So, so final so thoughts poorly. from Anna. Well, for so, me, it would just be like, remember that, you know, there are people behind Twitter accounts and there are people behind the masks and they are going through stuff and to be nicer than you feel. <laughs> because I just say that to myself every day. I'm like, I don't feel very nice today, but you know, I'm not the only one who feels that way. And I would not want to be that person who would, you know, unintentionally hurt somebody with my bad day. So to go out and be nicer than you feel, even if you can't see half of their face, you can't see them smile, still try to make them smile because, you know, God loves that. <laughs> you want to make God happy. Yeah. Anime. I was just going to say to poorly phrase, uh, paraphrase uh, Von Balthasar, mm -hmm. um, the Holy Spirit is not, and this is a very poor uh, paraphrase, but the no Holy Spirit isn't kind of like paraphrase this. paraphrase him. No, it's Von Balthasar. Uh, but the Holy Spirit isn't kind of like this bonus, like first there's the, the Father, then there's the Son, and a bonus, the Holy Spirit, right? Like it's, he, he is the fulfillment. Like it's not this like extra little like feel good in the atmosphere. Like it is, it is the fulfillment, right? It is the, yeah. the, the, the point of the pyramid, right? it's literally that's so yeah i i would just uh reiterate like you be nicer than you feel right but also remember why why you're you're being nicer like it's exactly. not just yeah. be good for goodness sakes it be good for god's sake right and yeah. and for for christ and in them and it's going to be the holy spirit who is going to help you get there and you're going to fail. You're going to fail. That's the other thing. Like Surprise. the first time you snap at someone, it's not just like, well, I'm done with that. I tried that. And I was no, like it's no. a continual trying. Yeah. Continual growth. I mean, it's the, it's the reason we go to confession and then we go back because we're sinners. We mess up, we fail, but guess what? God is waiting there for you, waiting there for your response and he will respond in turn. Yeah. Might well, be on his timeline, but he will. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. He's in charge. Let's not forget that. <laughs> Growth happens on God's timeline. My grace, and I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> call call 1-800. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think this has been an excellent first episode. I mean, we're going to find out when this goes live, uh, whenever we release it. But a special thank you to all of you who are listening out there. This was our first episode. We appreciate you joining us. 
If there were things you liked about our style, let us know. If there were things you didn't like, keep it to yourself. Please don't make any memes about me. Be nice. <laughs> Just kidding. If, you, if, there, if there's something you'd like us to improve on or work on, you let us know and we'll see how we can do that. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, both as the Foxes and the Hound podcast, as well as via our own Twitter and Instagram handles. Um, on both platforms, you can find me using my handle of at Dominic Jean OP. Pretty straightforward. Um, what about you two, Anna's? How are spoke folks supposed to reach you? Um, you I am find Jonathan. Me. Which one? You go first, <laughs> Anna. Anna May, go first, then Anna We're going to have to work through this system. Yeah. <laughs> we both come when called. <laughs> there we go. Anna May, go first. Um, you can find me on Twitter at at a mystic news. Perfect. And that's, that's it. That's all you're getting. That's if all you, you get. If you find me on Facebook or Instagram, you're denied. So. Rejected. <laughs> all right. It's Anna Gothmog, what about you? I am not a banana Anna on Twitter and Anna underscore Elizabeth with an S on Instagram. However, my Instagram is private. So if you look like a creep, I won't let you follow me. Note to self, change your profile <laughs> picture before. Um, no, but also good luck spelling not a banana Anna. Uh, I have great difficulty every time I try and tag her. So I have difficulty with it too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen listening, this episode is a wrap. Stay tuned for more episodes moving forward. And... In prayer, I want to say, may God our Father in heaven bless you and keep you in his hands. Amen. God bless, good people. The foxes and the hound are signing off. <laughs>